for success is if you have clear processes of what you want done and you just need people to kind of work those processes, those are great positions for offshoring and they do a wonderful job. Right. I think a lot of the times when we work with somebody from the States, we take for granted a lot of the cultural connection that we have. That's huge. Right? Yeah. And so that was a big deal. One of the companies, the companies I saw in India, they spent time, their leadership team, two to three times a year. So the biggest, the two big, the biggest was money laundering, 210 laundering. years. Yep. And then healthcare fraud, two, 120 years. It's one in Florida, but these are, a lot of these were like billing fraud related, right? So they've been doing fraud in the billing. And, and that's the one that I hear the most frequently, kind yeah. of like you alluded to, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot more people getting in trouble with that recently and, and maybe it's just coincidence. Welcome to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your co-host, Gary Bird. I am the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients. My name is Tanner Applegate. I am the CEO and co-founder of Unified Dental. We are a SaaS solution for your office in order to help centralize and streamline all the different solutions you use. Awesome. So let's get into today. We have a lot of topics. Tanner and I have we spent a week not uh, filming, so it feels like we haven't talked in a long time. I have some juicy legal stuff. What do you got? What's at the top? I'll give you what's at the top of my list, and then you give me what's at the top of your list, and then we'll pick which one we want to dive into first. It. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right, cool. So I think top of list on mine is I have um, some a dental practice in or a dental group, a pretty good uh, sized dental group out of Eastern uh, Pennsylvania that was recently indicted for racketeering and huh. they uh, are in big big trouble i uh one of the top ones i have is i the reason why we didn't record last week was because i was gone in india right yeah, so yeah, i had yeah. some insights stand out to me while i was out there and so we'd love to chat through that a little bit awesome so let's do let's do yours first i like that what so what happened in india so went out to india i uh, was invited out to india by a tech dental tech company to just kind of give me some insights, right? I am now a SaaS founder where previously I was a DSO owner and builder and the business model is completely different, right? So mentorship is kind of something that I've been looking for. And so this invitation to come out and see how, how they've built their team, all the things that they do, how they've scaled, et cetera, was something I couldn't pass up, right? So the last two weeks I've been out there and what I learned as a SaaS founder was extremely valuable and interesting, but I know that our audience is not SaaS founders, so that's not something that they're interested in. But they're working, they work either directly or indirectly with a bunch of SaaS founders. Totally. So, yeah. yeah. But one of the things, though, that I did find interesting that I wanted to kind of pick your brain on was the outsourcing or offshoring model, right? There's a lot of people that are against it. And when I went and was able to spend time physically in person with this company that they're business model is out, offshore to India, right? Why do some of them fail and why do some of them succeed, right? Have you ever personally had experience with offshore team members? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, quite a bit. Yep. Um, what are some of the biggest things that you guys, you struggle with, with offshore team members or you feel like other people struggle with with offshore? Like, why do you feel like people are against it? 
Sorry to disrupt the show, but I got something crazy to share with you. We are attempting to connect with all of our listeners. We have thousands of people that listen to this podcast, and we want to meet you in person. We have four events coming up, and I want to give you a discount code that you can use for the next week to save $300 off your ticket. The discount code is Gary Bird, and the link is going to be just down below. You can also go to smcnational.com forward slash events. I hope to connect with you in person and help each other grow our businesses. Can't wait to see you soon. So I think that people try to put offshore team members into strategic positions where they're having to think through strategy and things like that. And if you're doing that, there's such, there is a culture gap. There is sometimes a language gap. And they're typically very, very safe. Like they don't want to lose their job. So they're going to do everything that your SOP tells them to do very like meticulously. But if you're thinking like, hey, I want you to strategically think through this. In my experience, when you're offshoring stuff, it just doesn't work that way. And so um, it really depends on the position. What What I have found for the other angle for success is if you have clear processes of what you want done, and you just need people to kind of work those processes, those are great positions for offshoring and they do a wonderful job. Now, this is changing though with ChatGPT because now you have people who can, maybe they couldn't write copy before because there was a a little bit of a language gap. They spoke English, but not the same way we speak English. Now with ChatGPT, they can quickly close that gap. So so that's, I'm glad that you said that because I think that's a lot of the things that I feel I hear people talking about with offshoring is like, you can't do a lot of the strategic offshoring, right? They they don't understand it, et cetera. And so as I was out there, the company that I went and visited, I saw a couple of other companies that were dental specific, SaaS focused, where they out, they offshored as well, a lot of these really high strategic roles, right? And so I really kind of was thinking about why why does that, why is there a barrier there? And I think that the uh, thing that I came up with in my experience was it was because of the lack of integration culturally, right? I think a lot of the times when we work with somebody from the States, we take for granted a lot of the cultural connection that we have yeah, yep. without realizing that if we were to do more work on that, then all of a sudden we would have a higher level of connection and communication, right? And so I look at these companies that I were, that had outsourced to India specifically, and they took a lot of time in understanding the culture and really making sure that the, the cultural aspect, right? The personal cultural aspect did not interfere with the professional expectations that they had. Right. And so it really was. So in my brain, so my brain has always been, that takes a long time to do that. You're not going to get a person that's going to culture. We don't, we don't watch a documentary and go, oh yeah, we understand that culture over there. We don't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's it's like, it takes forever and you have to not just visit, you have to live there because visiting is totally different than living there. So how do they, how do they effectively close that gap? It's a good question. So when I was at Underbite, our director of accounting, our highest level accounting position was somebody that we actually hired from Zimbabwe, right? Shout out to support DDS. He helped us locate it. And that honestly though is a key is that when you post up a job on, let's say Upwork or anything you're getting people that are used to being treated as an employee that just kind of cycles through jobs, right? But when you're connected into an ecosystem of a specific geographical work, now all of a sudden, the people that are high potential, that are really good strategic thinkers, 
they want somebody that they can trust from a relationship standpoint because they know that they've got other options out there. Right. Yeah. So for example, support DDS was able to connect us into an ecosystem of accountants in which we found a very high level person and we spent a lot of time and energy with that person for them to expect it. Not only did like we, we unfortunately were never go out and able to visit their culture, but we did fly him out to visit ours. Yeah. That's huge. Right? Yeah. And so that was a big deal. One of the companies, the companies I saw in India, they spent time, their leadership team two to three times a year would fly out there to spend in-person relationship time with those strategic thinkers, right? So Mm -hmm. I do think that the in-person really does make a difference in both directions, right? Coming into our culture, but then the leaders going into their culture. I think a lot of the times the companies that are offshoring view it as an expense cut where they don't want to put in that effort to culturally integrate with them and they aren't willing to do that. So I was glad, if nothing else, to be able to go there and learn that because I'm, I'm pro offshoring, but realizing that as a leader, I have to still culturally put in your a obligation to make yeah, sure that obliga- we're connecting. Them. Yeah. And sometimes if you want to go fast, that's not a great option, right. right? Like if you were like, hey, all that matters is I get my product up now, then no, that's not a great option because you're going to have to spend a lot of time massaging that. If you're like, cost is my biggest concern right now and I have more time, but I don't have more money, then offshoring becomes a much more appealing from that level. Would you agree with that? I think that just like hiring any other high level position, you don't, my, my perspective is you don't hire a high level position from a job posting, right? You connect with people that you trust that'll connect you with people that they trust, right? And so it's uh-huh. really about who you know, not about the method in which you go about it. And I think the same thing with this offshore, most people don't have connections in these other countries in order to get it fast. But I do think that hiring fast, once you're into these networks or these connections that are offshored, you can still hire fast, high quality talent, yeah. but, um, but it requires I, I mean, that I mean, relationship. The, yeah. And what I meant by fast is not the hiring, but the getting them up to speed. Yeah, that's a good question. I, and, and I know that job roles make a difference. So for example, developing a developer is not the one that's going in and defining like what is the end use of that right like i might go in and hire a high level developer internationally with high level of confidence that they'll get up to speed quick but like product for example which is what does our users do how do they interact with it like understanding our end user that wouldn't be somebody that i would go out and quickly hire not saying that i wouldn't find it in india but it would be a lot more of work to be able to understand okay what is the mindset of our users than to be able to frame the whole product around that. So one thing that I've noticed about dental offices just in general is that there's a lot of people who are making $30, $40, $50 an hour, $60 an hour that are doing $5 an hour work, oh, right? Totally. And, and so there's a lot of opportunities. I know we're talking about this from a SaaS standpoint, but there's a huge opportunity here for dental offices to be able to free their team up, not have to hire as much anymore, and to do really the work that nobody wants to do here in the a lot of people in the dental offices, it's kind of like, I have to do this. And every day I have to do this report or every day I have to do this. And it's two hours a day, an hour a day, whatever it may be. All of a sudden, if you start to add that stuff up, you have enough to hire a full-time person. And it's also not as expensive and it frees your team up to be amazing. Do you, do you feel that dental offices are still very like kind of far away from outsourcing that way? Or, or is it because it's becoming more and more adopted? I think that the biggest 
stumbling block that I see with not, not even specifically offshoring, but even remote work in general is that dental offices don't, and especially leaders within dental offices don't think consciously enough about the need for human connection, right? So when you have a remote worker, they think as long as I tell you what to do, you can go in and go and do the work, but they don't, what they don't realize is that they're feeling disconnected from the work. They're feeling disconnected from the team. They're feeling disconnected from whatever, right? And so there are very few people in the world that can be completely isolated and be very successful at their job, right? And so when you do that in person, you have the natural tendency to connect with that person because you're physically around each other. But as soon as that person's remote and I don't have to be talking to them or around them, now all of a sudden that relationship falters. And so I think that where a lot of the people struggle with any kind of remote work, whether it's offshore or still in the it like stateside, is that they struggle with that relationship building remotely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's not easy um, to do, and it takes time. So again, it's the same thing that we just discussed a moment ago. You're going to end up investing either more money to get to somebody locally, or you can save some money, but you're going to spend more time trying to integrate that person. But I do, yeah. I mean, and I want to just make sure I shout out and say, hey, you got to focus on culture purposefully anyways, right? So uh-huh. do it in office and or remote, but just know be that remote is a very viable option, but there are some adjustments that you have to do consciously and not accidentally. Got it. You good to jump to this next uh, topic? Okay. So I was Googling around about dental news. And this popped up anytime uh, Rico pops up with dentist with the name in it. I'm just like, man, this is some juicy stuff here. But it, then I started reading about it. It was kind of crazy. So there's there's these brothers. They're the Savani brothers who owned and controlled the dental practices, allegedly conspired to defraud Medicaid, U.S. immigration, the IRS, the FDA, and to launder uh, the proceeds. Among the various schemes, they're accused of recruiting foreign workers under false pretenses and evading federal taxes, placing adultered and uh, misbranded dental devices in the U.S. as well. So they're they're starting to dig into this case, and it's it's very interesting. Here's the thing that I thought was interesting. The, the most interesting was they had not only licensed dentists that are named here, they also had the practice manager named, along with um, uh, a, a bookkeeper. Uh, they had uh, an outside accountant is what is officially how it's labeled. And so it's, it's, it's wide reaching and it looks like what they were doing was bringing in people from other countries, some, some, uh, it's cheating the system somehow with that, getting them to work. And then on top of that, they were bringing in other supplies or things in the dental office that were not allowed to be brought in. And then at the same time, falsifying numbers through the Medicaid. The Medicaid side, I've seen. I've seen that where people are just not doing what they're supposed to be doing on the Medicaid side, and that happens. But some of these other things I've never even heard of before. And it's the first time that I've seen a case like this against a dental group, um, many locations, and they're a pretty good good sized group. So I was pretty pretty blown away to think that they were doing all these things inside of a dental practice. The the dental equipment one, is not too surprising to me. I know that we've had a conversation a long time ago about gray market supplies, right? And I always wonder how quickly does gray become black once they start an investigation, right? Okay. So I, there's a lot of times, not just from like a supply perspective, but also from a equipment perspective, 
where you can bring in a handpiece that may not be completely regulated or, or even allowed here in the States that I'm curious to know that they just get away with it because nobody does any, um, type of investigation on them, but how many people would actually end up with these unregulated equipments that they shouldn't be doing just because of these gray market approaches. Yeah. So listen, you want to hear the amount of years that these guys are, they're charging them with. Yeah. So this is, his name is, uh, uh, Beshkar Savani. Okay. So racketeering conspiracy, 20 years conspiracy to commit, uh, commit visa fraud, five years, visa fraud, 10 years, conspiracy to obstruct justice, five years, conspiracy, commit healthcare fraud, 10 years, healthcare fraud, 120 years, money laundering conspiracy, 20 years, money laundering, 210 years, conspiracy to defraud the United States treasury, five years, wire fraud, 20 years, and then conspiracy to distribute an adulterated and misbranded medical device. Um, uh, inter- it was interstate, so it was across multiple states, five years. So, I mean, he's only looking at 300, 400 years. Some That's just big- his charges. What were the biggest ones? The healthcare? So the biggest, the two big, the biggest was money laundering, 210 years. Yep. And then healthcare fraud, two, 120 years. And then they that hit all of them. Fraud, that's interesting. They're hitting all of these guys. They, I mean, every one of them is looking at, at a lot of years. Now, I know how the legal system works. It's like, let's throw everything at the wall and then let's get them to, because it's scary right. when you look at that as a person, whether you're innocent or guilty, it's like, man, 300 years is a long time. And then they start negotiating with you like, hey, if you plead guilty, we can knock these off, knock those off. So, I mean, that's kind of the game of the legal system. But even even like some of these people who were like the bookkeeper, um, is looking at like a hundred years. Um, I mean, they, they absolutely just hit people hard, um, on all these charges. This is like the third account or case I've heard of this kind of stuff within the last few months. Like I went for like, I feel like the last five years, not hearing anything of this. Yeah. And now recently I've heard a ton about this. I wonder if they're doing like a crackdown or something. Or, or is it, and this is another topic for another show that I, I have is that a lot of people are under pressure right now to make things happen because of debt payments and different things like that. It sounds like these I mean, people were doing it for a few years. Like you don't end up with a uh, 400 year charge just for doing it for the last two months because you're under pressure. Yeah, that's true. So, so do you think that the, the um, people have been investigating it and now they're just starting to know. crack down? Cause you have to investigate it, right? You can, you don't just come out of the box and say, Hey, gotcha. This is like when you're going to hit somebody with this much time, there's a, there's a cost standpoint from the legal side where the, or from the department of justice or whoever's doing this, um, yeah, department of justice, they invest right. money, time and energy before they ever even throw charges at it. So they've had to be working on this for, for quite some time before they throw up this many charges. Yeah, totally. And I, but what other ones did you hear about? It's one in Florida, but these are, a lot of these were like billing fraud related. Right. So they've been doing fraud in the billing. And, and that's the one that I hear the most frequently, kind yeah. of like you alluded to. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot more people getting in trouble with that recently. And, and maybe it's just coincidence or it's bias confirmation, but awesome. Well, any other topics you want to go over today? One of the ones, I mean, similar to this, like, uh, the, I, I saw this news article recently that there's legislation that's passed to make sure that, um, insurance payers cannot interfere with the relationship between the provider and their patient, right? So the first kind of law that 
wanting to be passed federally, a lot of these laws exist statewide already for certain states. But the federal law that they're hoping to be able to pass is for like insurance payers to not be able to, um, they will not have control over any fees of services that are un, uh, not covered, right? So right now, if if I were to go in and do an implant and they don't, their insurance doesn't cover it, my relationship with the insurance provider, I mean, the insurance carrier can say, oh, you can still only charge X amount. Yeah, yeah. Right. And if this were to go in and pass legislation, then it would be, okay, if you don't cover insurance, I mean, implants, then I can go and charge my full fee for implants. Yeah. Which is the way it should be, right? right. Doesn't, why, why does the insurance, the insurance, and really what we're really getting to the core of is insurance is more of a membership club in the dental world than it is a, in an actual insurance. I don't know why the insurance company even cares what the provider charges outside of what they, they cover pass- anyway. I think they can pass that on as like, look, this is what we're saving you. Right. We've saved our patients this much money. I think that's all it is. I don't know. I think it's. Which um, state is that in? Because this has to happen state by state, right? No, this will be a federal law. There are a uh, lot of laws uh, that insurance companies do federally have to um, abide uh, by. So this would be a federal law. There are states already that have this. Or I think California is one of them that has this law. Like there are a lot of states that already have this. But this would be one then would be mandated across all of the states crazy all right awesome good show man i appreciate you have a good talk to you soon peace